All right, welcome to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom in the studio with me today, a day after a big meeting with county and city leaders and kind of a lot of people in the in the city council chamber for a for a meeting that wasn't you know it was on the schedule, but it was it's not a regular thing. Uh, Isaac Hoffman, he's the Lacrosse County Supervisor of Prevention and Community Programming. And Brian Sampson is the city's homeless coordinator. Hi guys, how are you guys? How are you guys doing? Good, good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, doing well. Were you were you surprised by the amount of people that were and, and we're talking homeless today? I should say that. But were you surprised? There was a there was a, a public meeting yesterday. There wasn't a whole lot of information on what was going. We kind of we kind of know, right? We could kind of make assumptions, but uh, surprised by the turnout there. Yeah, so I got there about half hour, 45 minutes early, and there's already a number of people that were in there. So I was surprised. I mean, this is a hot-button topic that a lot of community members are invested in, and so maybe from that point of view, it's not surprising, but definitely an issue that gets a lot of attention in our community. Does it get too much attention, or is it not get not enough attention? Do we have, like, a huge I – don't, I don't have a ton of experience with homelessness outside of the city of La Crosse – but like we we see the numbers, we're probably at like 150, what two a year ago maybe, a, a, so a, I, around there. But I mean, is is that a lot? Is that not a lot? I mean, z- zero would be great. Two is too many, you know. But but 150, I don't know what's average. You guys, do you guys have a any any way to kind of. I figure that, I guess. Yeah, so there, there's no way to figure that. Every community is different, is dealing with their own issues. I would say that it, it doesn't get enough accurate attention would be how I would frame it. There's a lot of misconceptions, a lot of stereotypes when it comes to the issue. Um, you can't just talk about homelessness with broad strokes. There's so many complexities, so many individual stories, and it's hard to drill down um, and talk about what what all goes into a person's life that may get them to that place. So it gets a lot of attention, but I would say it doesn't get a lot of accurate attention. Um, all right. Samson has been the homeless coordinator here for about a year and a half in the city of La Crosse. Can you, can you kind of talk about your job and, and your background that, that led you to, to coming here? Yeah, so like you said, I've been on this in this role for a year and a half. Before that, I was a child protection social worker for about nine or so years, both in La Crosse County and then um, in Olmsted County and Rochester as well. And a lot of my um, a lot of the clients that I worked with and families that I worked with were either at risk of experiencing homelessness or were actively experiencing homelessness, either in shelters or hotels or on the street. And so a lot of overlap that way. Um, and then my educational background is with my bachelor's and master's degree in social work. So that's really kind of the perspective that I bring to the table. How long have you been working in, in, in this field, I guess? Um, about 12 years. 12 years. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Hoffman, how about you? Uh, in the field, 20 years. Yeah. Um, uh, my most recent role is uh, supervisor of community programs and prevention in La Crosse County. Uh, the primary program that, that I, I oversee is the Cross Area Family Collaborative, and that's a family support, neighborhood social work program. Uh, it's voluntary. It's preventative in nature. And, um, and we work with families on, on, on what they might need that particular day. And we try to be helpful uh, in a nutshell. And, um, and when you set up like that, uh, uh, housing turns out to be a large need, and it's the number one um, issue that we work on with families. And so uh, pretty early on in the launch of the Cross Area Family Collaborative, we realized that in order for us to be good at this work, we also need to become experts in the, in the world of housing because we're being asked to help folks navigate that that difficult process on a daily basis. Uh, and that's everything, the whole spectrum of that is helping individual families directly navigate a, a difficult system and also the the 
the systemic uh, uh, level in terms of creating actual housing and, um, and, and being able to simplify that system for families. And so uh, that work we've been doing for about six or seven years. Um, and prior to that, I was also a social worker at La Crosse County doing direct care for families and children. Now, when you say that work we've been doing for about six or seven years, is it like we started to work with housing the, the last six or seven years because it's become a problem-ish? Yeah, <laughs> that, no, good clarify. Uh, the, we launched a lacrosse area family collaborative specifically six or seven years ago, and that's really where we, when we started doing the housing-specific work. Um, and then this what you know what led me to this position today. Well, because housing, I mean, it, even if you just want to talk about regular people trying to get housing, it's it's pretty hard to do. And when you talk about homeless, a lot of people say the first step is just getting them permanent housing or getting them at least a place to stay to, to kind of like the bridge housing model is is kind of a, an easy example. But um, can can we can we got a minute here before we go to break? Can we can we just give a preview of what happened last night? Like, what what came from last night's meeting that we're going to set up here coming after the break? I, from my head, in my head, it's like we've we ha- we have a five year plan, but we haven't announced what the five year plan is yet. Yeah, the city and county are going to take a leadership role in developing a five year plan to address homelessness in our community, and that we hope to have completed later this year, launching at the beginning of twenty twenty four. And so that's what the meeting last night was about: was to announce that partnership, the collaboration and communication we've been having, and then our our next steps here moving forward to uh, address or to partner with key stakeholders in the community, and then to make that or get that plan in place. All right, we'll be back after this with Brian Sampson from the city and Isaac Hoffman from the county. And I'll say your titles later because they're so long. All right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM. I'm Rick Solom. In studio with me this hour is Brian Sampson, the city of La Crosse's homeless coordinator. And Isaac Hoffman, whose who's, uh, title is a mouthful, La Crosse County Supervisor of Prevention and Community Programming. Uh, does that mean your job's more important than Samson's because it's, uh, the title's longer? No. No, this <laughs> is all about leveling the playing field for leveling sure. Leveling the playing field. Yeah. Um, all right. So we, there was a, we're obviously talking about homeless this hour, if you haven't figured that out. But um, there was a, a pretty big meeting, I would say, because of the turnout. And I don't know how many – do you know how many people were online just watching? You, no idea. Um, and – and there was about 70 I counted. I like literally people are looking at me like, why are you? And I'm like, I'm cloning heads. Leave me alone. Uh, there was about 70, 70, 75 people in there uh, in the council chambers, including, you know, like I could I recognize some county supervisors and or county board members and a couple officers were in there. But um, the, the the meeting last night, can you kind of can you I know I know that I, we brought up it was we're going to have a five year plan, but there's some coordination here. Can you kind of explain uh, you know what what the uh, the plan is going to be a little bit so there are some major themes that we're going to target in the plan including using a housing first philosophy exploring city uh, held leases looking at how can we really as a city and county take the lead in coordinating those resources in the community what, what we're going to do next here is jump into the design phase of how can we design a process that gives uh, community the ability to give input other key stakeholders community organizations and then as we go through that process that'll really give us more details when we unveil the plan later this year i would say that did, did the number of homeless people, you might not have been here, what, did it jump with COVID? Is that safe to say, like COVID happened and the homeless population jumped or not? 
It definitely played a factor. Um, looking at our numbers, it was a factor. I think there are other factors in the community as well. When it comes to homelessness, it's hard just to point to one reason why it's it's been exploding. If you look across the nation, and this is certainly true in La Crosse, communities that struggle with housing the most, um, or with homelessness the most, is because of a lack of housing and a lack of affordable housing. And so that's certainly true in La Crosse. In studies that have been done, if you have mountains by you or if you have a big body of water by you, you're more likely to struggle to keep up with housing needs in your community. In La Crosse, we obviously don't have mountains, but we have bluffs and the river on one side. And so um, that number, you know, is part of the reason, or those reasons are part of why homelessness has increased as well, and just that housing supply. Um, okay, so when when you guys come together and say you're going to have a five-year plan and then you're going to release it next year, when I hear that, I think, like, how are other people going to take that? And this might not sound great, but, like, do other people go, okay, but what have you been doing for the last, you know, you've been here a year, year and a half, right? Like, but what have you been doing for the last X amount of years? Yeah, I, I'll, I'll take that one. I think there, the last X amount of years, people have been doing good work. There's no doubt about it. And there's a lot of dedicated agencies and people that have been uh, committed to this this issue their entire lives and careers. Uh, however, one thing that we hope to shape going forward is that a lot of that past work has been, you know, agency specific or or maybe one one person or philanthropist or, uh, you know, somebody's opinion or idea about how the, the issue should be solved. So anytime you have multiple strategies deployed, you're, you're really not moving the entire issue forward. And so one, one thing that we hope to, to, to influence a little bit is to create a unified community-wide strategy and, and direct all efforts and resources towards that one strategy. And that's something that we hope is going to be different with this effort as opposed to a lot of the good work that's been happening. And, and a lot of that past work has put building blocks in place, no doubt about it. Like, we would not be here today without those solid foundational blocks placed by all the work that's happened in the past and we just hope to continue to build on that structure from what i understood when when samson came because we created the position for you when i say we the city uh as the homeless coordinator i kind of felt like that's what we were doing when you first started out how is it different now than or am i wrong is that not kind of it was like the city is going to take the lead on this and everyone's going to kind of come under that umbrella Is, is that wrong or is that is that kind of the and this is just like pushing that strategy more yeah so for the last last summer all last summer last fall last spring even we had weekly meetings as a community to try to move the issue forward together collaboratively and there's good work that came out of that last night there's a family winter sheltering team that was talked about where they served 87 families um to my knowledge, there wasn't a child or a family that was on the streets over the winter because of the great work that team did. So some good things came out of that community planning. Um, and as a community, we still have room to grow and room to improve. And looking at models across the nation that have been successful in addressing homelessness, it's been because of that government-led entity. And so that's what we we are pursuing is uh, looking at being that backbone, so to speak, to the community that can help get that unified plan in place. And if I'm I mean, we've always been at the table, and and so that's that's a, a difference here with this initiative is that taking more of a leadership role. So government in general, city, county, have always been involved and engaged in the work. Uh, this time around, we're hoping to take a, a different role, a different, more of a leadership role uh, to try to move the effort forward. So that's a change, and that was one of the key components of the communication last yeah, night. Yeah, who was it? Who was it last night that said the county is going to kind of start to take a lead on this? 
or or start to get involved. And I was like, I feel like the county's been involved because I've had Monica Cruz on here. I've had Jane Kleekamp come in here and talk about like they have a bridge housing plan and it's it, and and it's going forward. I don't know how close we are to literally putting people in bridge housing, but I was like, aren't you guys part of this already? Yeah, I mean, the involvement from the county side is is there on a daily basis. It relates to all programs and supports that the human services provides to the community on a daily basis for mental health concerns and struggles and for uh, addiction and drug and alcohol issues um, and just general family support. So we're always around and supporting it. And the bridge housing and other things like that that you alluded to, those are us contributing to uh, to solutions that are brought to us by our community providers, right? And so, yeah, with the, the, but, but that's different than taking a leadership role as it relates to strategy, uh, community-wide strategy. Um, all right, so we have a bunch of entities in, and I won't be able to name them all, but the YWCA, Cooley Cap, these, all, these are all groups that work with homelessness, uh, Salvation Army, Catholic Charities, Independent Living Resources, New Horizons, Karuna, uh, obviously, La Crosse County, the city of La Crosse, and then there's there's other entities we could we could probably name them for the entire rest of the show. Uh, La Crosse Area Family Collaborative, why the YMCA, the churches, and the veterans organizations. So almost like almost endless. Um, how do they feel about like you know? Hey, we're going to take the lead on this, and then I don't know. Is it like you guys got to s- step in line? I don't know how they how how this you know conversation happens or or how they take it. That's where the next steps come into play is engaging the community and figuring that out together. And uh, and so we don't have the plan yet. And to, to answer your question, how do they feel? We, Brian and I have good relationships with, with the community providers because we've been in the trenches and we've been there, you know, side by side with them. And so hopefully uh, we can continue to just work side by side uh, just in a little bit different fashion. So um, this is my opinion. I, I don't see that, that changing. I think we, we're comfortable with their relationships and the work that we've all done together and we're going to continue to do it together so that's not changing is it can i just use a basketball analogy can we go is it going to be where you get a coach and he's got a system and we're going to run this the flex offense and before that we were maybe a middle school team that like we put five guys on the court and we didn't really have an offense we just wanted to have fun not that we're not you know it's maybe a terrible analogy but we have what we're trying to do is implement an offense where every, you know, the YWCA is going to be, you know, a shooting guard. And the, you, this is the play that we're going to run. And you're going to have this role and that role. I don't know, Samson, is that a good analogy? Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's just more about the coordination aspect. So that way we're all rowing in the same direction, um, sticking with your analogy, shooting at the same hoop, running the same offense. So, yeah, I think that's really the approach that we're looking at. And going down that path, like sometimes it requires switching roles as well. And, you know, that, that could be true for all of us. But, yeah, that's a good analogy from that standpoint, too. So while the meeting was happening, I went and took some pictures. And then I went to Cameron Park and took some pictures of, you know, I was just like, I wonder, because I was curious to see how many people were in Cameron Park at the time. That's that's kind of the park that gets sig- singled out now, I think. And I don't know. I, I don't need to tell. You don't need to tell us where homeless people are in the city. But I was kind of wondering if any homeless people showed up to the meeting. But I didn't see, I didn't, you know, I couldn't tell, like, because they're, they're just people. So did you did you notice that or at all, or did they have any input last night? Yeah, yeah, I saw at least a couple of people who I recognize as struggling with homelessness. But, um, I mean, they're, they're invested as well in, in conversations, and that's, and that's something our community has room to grow in, is how can we include them more in being a part of the solutions and being a part of the conversations as well. Um, so I think that that's one thing that we're looking at, as well as other key stakeholders across the community. 
And, and I would add, you know, successful efforts across the country um, have been grounded in having folks with lived experience not only being a part of but leading the initiative. And so this is, a, this is an opportunity for us to do that differently and to do it much better than we have in the past. And so to your point last night, no, there wasn't a voice. Oh, well, to be fair, uh, there was no public comment for any, anybody in, in participating. Right. You know. but, um, but, yeah, that's, that's something that we definitely need to incorporate into any community plan as those that are going to be impacted most need to have the loudest voice. That's Isaac Hoffman. He's the Lacrosse County Supervisor of Prevention and Community Program. Also in studio with me is Brian Sampson, the city's homeless coordinator. Um, when you when you talk about this, is, this is weird. Just coming to me. When you talk about like getting all the entities that work with the homeless under an umbrella, do the homeless need a spokesperson? Sometimes I have homeless people on the show, and it, and and when I go down, when I when when they were in Huska, I went down there and talked to them, and they all kind of pointed this lady. She's you know. And then she came on the show, but I, I don't know. Do they have? Is is there anyone that just kind of? Hey, we're we're here to represent. Even when they were all in Huska, we're here to represent the people that are in Huska. So I, I would answer that um, the same way I would about any group. Any group needs a spokesperson on one given day or any particular day, and and folks that are unsheltered are no different. Uh, Brian and I both know some some people that um, have have you know, risen and to leadership roles to, to be advocates for their, for their population. And so absolutely they do. And, and I think that they're out there and we're, they're going to, their voices are going to be a part of this. The flip side of that is every, I feel like almost every homeless person is different. Like their situation, whether it's their background, their situation now. uh, So the, the, I mean, this is what makes the problem so difficult because there is no one, like one problem that that puts them in the situation that they're homeless right yeah i mean I, I think having different opinions is true for every group if we take all the housing organizations and lump them into one and you ask each one what the solution should be we'll get a varied varied responses from them and the same is true for people who are struggling with homelessness as well and so um, that's part of what the system needs to be is uh, we need to use evidence to and data to help us help guide our decision making, but then also be flexible to meet the individual needs. So you can't be too rigid and just ask everybody to change and conform to one solution. We need to create a diverse set of solutions in our community and, and continue to add to the housing stock that we have, as well as services that can meet each individual's unique needs. You go ahead. Yeah, sorry. I just want to tack onto that because I try to simplify uh, a lot of this stuff. And when you're talking about housing, whether it's for you know uh, our aging population, or for new home buyers, or for college kids, or for for folks that are unsheltered, we need options, right? And we think about you and your family. You got some that live in the country, and some in the con- in the in the city. Some in houses, some in apartments. Some need some support to help with their utilities and their lawn care and shovel on their walk. Some don't. And, and the solutions for, for folks that aren't sheltered are no different. We need, as Brian said, multiple options. And we're not getting, we're not to the point of talking about solutions, but, we, but whatever, they, whatever they are in the end, there's, there's not going to be just one. And that is just simple human nature and how we all live our regular lives. All right, we're going to continue this conversation when we come back. Scott's comment coming up, Brad doing the news. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom in studio with me talking about the homeless meeting that we had last night and just homelessness in general. And 
We're going to solve it by the end of the hour. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to solve it, but we're going to talk about how we're going to get there. Uh, Isaac Hoffman is a La Crosse County Supervisor of Prevention and Community Programming. And Brian Sampson is the city's homeless coordinator. They're sitting in here. We're talking homelessness. Um, all right, so we came up with the idea that we're going to come up with a five-year plan. And, um, you know, like, we, we don't have, like, the, the, re, the resolutions yet, right? We, we're not going to solve the problem, but we're working on... So when you say the five-year plan, we're going to have that by 2020, by sometime next year. And the big part of that is, is, is that getting together with all the groups. Did you break this news to the groups or did you tell them that this was coming? Yeah, we told them that it was coming. We have that open relationship with them. And so um, we didn't go into the details out of respect for city council and the county board, but we shared with them just kind of an oversight of, of what that looked like and that we weren't going to be sharing a plan last night, but, but that we were going to be sharing the next steps. So what, what do you do to get them? Uh, because we've had, you have monthly meetings with all these groups, right? No. Oh, you don't no, have them? No, no, we put those on pause after we concluded our, our winter planning last fall. Oh, okay. Is it just a matter of like starting that up again? And do you, do you take a different approach now? Is it, is it because the county and the, the city are saying we're going to take a leadership, more of a leadership role here? Yeah, so I should clarify one thing. So there are Cooley Coalition monthly meetings that happen, which might be what you're referring to, but that's just more open to anybody who has an interest in it. A lot of the agencies participate in that. Okay. Um, but part of our next steps are to figure out exactly what does it look like from here? How do we um, re-engage on the design process to get that input and feedback? Because people want to know just, okay, how are you going to solve homelessness? And, and we don't have that plan yet, but like generally, is there an idea of like, this is, these are the steps that, that seem to work elsewhere in, in cities. Maybe do you have to look at cities like lacrosse or can, because a city like San Francisco would be way different. The, the, would the approach be different there versus a smaller town like lacrosse? Yeah, we, you got to look everywhere. Right. And so, and see what themes come up, come out. And if you can compare uh, similar size cities with similar culture and demographics, then that's a bonus. But ultimately, you look at you look at efforts across the country and and try to pull out themes that have worked. Is the theme just get homeless people homes? Yeah, in, in one way or the other. However, you want to define a home. Yeah, ultimately, uh, people need places to live, and that means physical structures. And so, you know, in a nutshell, that's 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 a good strategy. Uh, how you get there? Uh, that's where the community coordination comes into play. Okay, and then a lot of that will have to do with resources and funding and physical structures to put people in. I mean, what's the biggest what's the biggest uh, setback there in that in that regard? I think just finding the housing stock available in the community, um, finding places for people to go is the number one challenge. Um, when I go out with the outreach team a couple times a week, it's always, "Hey, how are you doing?" And the the most common response I hear is, "Housing? Do you have housing?" So I think that in the long term, um, and until we get there, is just finding places for people to live. I think a lot of people when they they think about okay, homeless people they need housing, but when they get housing, are they? I think people will just go, "Oh, they're just freeloading." What's going to propel them to? you know, sustain that housing or start paying for that housing. I mean, you must hear that all the time, right? Yeah, and, and that's where you alluded earlier to the individual. Um, you know, each individual is going to need a, a different level of support or not uh, to self-sustain, and so that's why we need multiple responses. Um, yeah, it's, it's never-ending because you can pick any problem that anyone has, and they're probably that, that person has. 
you know, like if you go, just go walk around and if, if you asked, I mean, you guys literally do this, right? Like, and everybody's problem is different. Why they're out in the park or in the parking ramp, everybody, every problem is different. So like, it's, it's, it seems like an extraordinary effort to try to solve all of those problems or, or help those people solve their problems. Yeah. And, and part of this is, you know, we talked about uh, the lived experience aspect or folks that have experienced on sh- homelessness to be a part of this. Um, people need to be empowered. And when they're empowered, they get engaged. And when they get engaged, they, they buy in. And when they buy in, they, they, they create self-accountability. And that's really what's self-sustaining on an individual level. And so that's a, that's a broad uh, answer to your question. But um, that's, that's what needs to happen in order for uh, individuals to, 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 to be sustaining on their own. Um, and some people are not able to sustain on your own on their own. That's nothing new to lacrosse or any other community. Some folks need supports. Um, we need a wide variety, a continuum of care for the, of those supports. And and I think we have a lot of them or most of them in the community now. Uh, it's just a matter of coordinating them and and figuring out an efficient way to plug them in to the to the folks that need them. Um. So you mentioned last night at the meeting, Brian, that functional zero, is this a baby steps? Like we have to baby steps this thing. We can't go from 150 homeless people to zero, but you mentioned functional zero, which is, uh, the, I guess the graph doesn't continue to rise with homeless people, homelessness, right? Yeah. So this, you know, homelessness, t- homelessness took years for us to get here. It wasn't like there were zero people struggling with this issue last year or two years ago or five years ago. And so it's going to take time to get the numbers back down. Functional zero is just a way of assessing the system. There are more people every month getting housing than people that are coming into the system. So if every month we're reducing the number of people who are homeless in our community, then we're on the right track. And and so functional zero is the goal of that. Um, in other words, if somebody experiences it, experiences homelessness, it's rare, it's brief, and it only occurs once. So they're not cycling in and out of the system. I, I think a lot of people when they when they talk about homelessness, they're insensitive to. And, and, or, or the, the conversation that you read about isn't the conversation that takes place because people will show up at a meeting and say, there's, there's homeless people in Cameron Park and we're trying to have a farmer's market. And it's like, well, are they mad that there's homeless people in the park or are they mad that homeless people exist or are they sad about that? So I don't know there's, there's sometimes there's an insensitivity that I feel there with homeless, homelessness. And I don't know what kind of like. And then you guys get a lot of the blame for for this too. Like it's, I, I don't know, the blame goes around and it seems kind of weird to me. I, I think it's important to see all angles and, and hear all people and understand their perspective um, and not to assume where where they're coming from because we don't live in their shoes and, and we don't know. And so, um, I, you know, that's something that, that we, we try to do every day. Um, it's a visible issue. It's a visible social issue. And, and sometimes it does impact your farmer's market visit or experience. Sometimes you don't know how to explain it. Some, you, you know, you have life experiences that led you down a different path, and so you have very strong, justifiable opinions about their situation. And all of that is okay, and, that, and that all of that is good. Um, and so we don't, we don't necessarily need or want. Uh, we want to respect those opinions and focus on strategy to help people. Um, and, and that's really our objective. Another part of this, the, the, the entire conversation, and I've, I brought this up, I think I might have brought it up with you, Brian. I brought it up with Salvation Army a couple times when I've had them on the show. Is we don't have success stories. We, there are success stories, but we don't talk about those a lot. We only talk about like the problem. Um, is, 
and, and part of me, like we, those people don't need to be sing, singled out unless they want to be, because who wants, who wants to, to be, Hey, you were homeless and now you got out of it. Congratulations. That's embarrassing for some people. But I mean, is there a better, is there a way to talk about the success stories in, in, in trying to put it, put some positivity to this? Because otherwise it just sounds like there are no success stories if we don't talk about this. Yeah, I think focusing on the positives is a good thing. It gives us that game plan and that roadmap of how are some people able to be successful and how can we continue to do more of that. If something works, we should do more of that. If it's not working, we should do less of that. And so I think it was last summer Lacrosse Tribune did a series of people who had different um, positive results uh, after experiencing homelessness. I think it's hard as well for some of the reasons that you mentioned about embarrassment, but also about just people's private lives is people have the right to keep their private lives private and not put it or blast it all over the place as well. And so I think it's just that delicate balance of when there are success stories, those are talked about, but um, just figuring out how to communicate that. And, and I feel like a lot of times those success stories don't get the same attention as um, anger or other emotions that are drawn right. up. Nobody wants to talk about that. Also it'd be like tooting your own horn. Look what we did. Give ourselves a pat on the back because we were so successful at this, but then, you go, well, there's still people in the park, you know? So I don't know. It's hard. It's a hard thing, but, um, you know, but we just, and maybe it, and maybe it's more on the, the media to, to go and find those stories. Um, so that, that it doesn't look like you're patting yourselves on the back. Yeah. And, and another story or, or even narrative to all this is, is taking, taking the, the human toll out of it. If, if that's somebody's perspective, which, which again is, is, is needed. Um, and just purely looking at the financial piece of it, uh, what we know is that um, uh, supporting someone who is unsheltered or on the street is vastly more expensive from a dollar and cent standpoint than it is to find a way to support and, and ultimately encourage their sustainability. So these are drains on all the systems that 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 are support our communities from from our police, from our emergency response, from our human services departments, um, from you know our crisis responders. All of those systems. Um, require community investments, and 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 so um, and they're responding to the same people and the same issues. And so, it, just looking purely at it from that standpoint, these efforts pay off uh, in that way as well. Yeah, I think I always I always think about when we put about 150 people in the motel a couple winters ago because of COVID. We did that because of COVID. I don't think people understand that, but it ended up costing about nine hundred thousand dollars. And I always just go do the math. If we just divided nine hundred thousand by one hundred fifty and gave them all that cash, would that be, be-, be- more beneficial than that? Hey, we have an apartment for four months. You know, I think some people would have benefited from it. Others maybe would have not used that money wisely. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to talk in you know theoretical situations. So we're just trying to figure out with this plan about how can we move forward and and help people. You know, be I think. One of your points is how can we be more efficient with the resources and money that our community has available, and so that's what we're hoping to to get at with part of this plan as well. We're speaking with Brian Sampson. He's the Lacrosse uh, City of Lacrosse homeless coordinator, and Isaac Hoffman. He's the Lacrosse County Supervisor of Prevention and Community Programming. Um, all right, so we, from the meeting last night, we got a five year plan. You talk about functional zero, and um, another, and you're trying to get all the entities that work with homeless to just come back to the table and 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 give their opinions on how to implement a plan. But is, is the, the first step just, we, we, we keep running around this, but it's just getting these people housing and the challenges with that. But like, it's called like housing first, right? Like 
that's that's kind of the first step here. Right, and and other and other parts to that plan are um, street outreach. So 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 folks on the ground to go out and communicate and connect with people that are unsheltered to find out what what their needs are and engage them. Uh, case management, we know, is going to be another component of it. So uh, that's both to help folks navigate uh, the housing system, but also then uh, to provide some supports to um, maybe maybe meet some deep rooted or unmet needs uh, and to to build uh, towards sustainability um, in addition to the uh, the physical structures those components are are part of any response as well you said last night there's about 80 people living on the streets yeah that's an estimation that our data doesn't directly spell that out but that's an estimation based off of my conversations how hard is it to count homeless people because i think we do it twice a year and i was like we only do it twice a year but then i'm like i don't even it's it's weird to, it's a weird thing to count but i also i think it's important but and then also i don't know how accurate you can be yeah and so it's important to have a, a good handle on the number of people experiencing homelessness i think it's more important to know exactly who those people are and what are their specific needs and that's um, we have a lot of good data available in our region and there's room for improvement and so i think that's one thing of i'm not just knowing how many but what can we do with that information you know we shouldn't collect information just to have it we should have it so that way it can guide our decision making so we're using objective uh, measures to address the issue and so i think it's you know the numbers get a lot of attention but more importantly for us is who are we talking about what are their needs and what kind of solutions do they want or are they looking for in their own lives so that's the street outreach part of it right isaac and then um are those conversations when you and then when you're trying to write down who these people are maybe or what their difficulties are 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 more are most people like okay with that or do you get a lot of apprehension like i actually don't want to tell you about myself because for whatever reason yeah, just like anything. So some people are apprehensive, don't want to share it, don't want to engage. Some people are are engaged and want um, help. Well, I understand that, but that. is there is there more people that are that you know are cool with it, or more people that are just like get away from it? More people that are cool with it. More okay. people, you know. I think that gets overblown of most people who are. One, one false narrative that I hear is most people who are homeless want to be homeless, and that, in my experience, um, is not true. And so most people, like I just went out with the homeless outreach team this morning, talked with 95% of the people that we saw in open conversations. They have relationships. Um, they get to know each other as well. And so people... Um, I think the community doesn't want people living in parks, and people living in parks mostly don't want to be living in parks either. And so, yeah, people want that support. Yeah, and it is always funny to think that people want to be or they're they're living off the government dime, you know, on their fifteen dollars a week of food stamps or something. It's just like like slap my forehead when I hear stuff like that. Um, all right, so so where do we go from here as we we try to wrap up here? <laughs> just throwing it at you like that. Yeah, so it's really just, it, I mean, we've touched on a lot of things, and that just speaks to the complexity of the issue. And so where we're going from here is the city and county are going to take that lead in, in addressing all of those different topics that we've touched on, figuring out how they can be hammered out and figuring out how, how, we can, how can we put them into action. So we want to have that plan finished by the end of this year and started to be implemented by 2024. And so just figuring out how can we put those theories and topics that we've talked about into actual action in our community. And the biggest problems there are, A, housing, having whatever kind of housing it is, and B, funding, because the funding would help get the housing and vice versa, right? Yep, and support. I mean, if you're looking at a stool, those would be three, you know, 
structural and integral and integral pieces uh, to to the response system. What do you mean by support? So so housing, physical units for place for yeah. folks to live, funding. And support, support you, for sorry, support for the individuals, oh, okay. or whatever that might be. Because okay, so I was thinking, like, do we have enough groups working in this area? Are we good there? We might. That's part of some next steps is assessing what we actually have, and, and yeah. are we are we utilizing it to its full potential and capacity? And if not, what gaps do we need to fill? Because when you when you list all these groups, there's like seven main ones, and then there's probably ones that I forgot. And if there's only 150 people, like only I say only, like that's a small number, but okay, well, like it seems like we should be able to solve this then. So the homelessness response system isn't set up to serve this many people. So we have 288 people on that coordinated entry list. And so sure. that's part of it is um, organizations, we we have good programs in, but they're burnt out. You know, okay. they are not meant or funded to or have the resources to serve our community at the rate that it's needed. And so okay, so the answer is no. We the, the, Maybe we have an, a lot of groups, but not enough. Not Maybe they don't have enough help. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just like that's part of with the boom that that we're seeing with number of people experiencing it is the funding hasn't been hasn't kept up with that same rate. All right. We're going to wrap up after this. All right. We're just going to wrap up here with. City of La Crosse Homeless Coordinator Brian Sampson and Isaac Hoffman, the La Crosse County Supervisor of Prevention and Community Programming, as we've been talking about homeless after the meeting last night. Uh, kind of the gist of the meeting is there's going to be a five-year plan. We're going to try to get all the entities under one umbrella and, and move forward with, if I use a basketball analogy again, with one an offense, a strategy, uh, you know, with when we know who the players are and what the best strategy is going forward, right? Um, when I hear... When I hear five-year plan, and we were talking about this over the break, I'm like, man, that's a long time out. And you guys are telling me a five-year plan is pretty quick. Yeah, it, it's an aggressive plan for sure, and it's a plan that you know our community needs drastic changes and, and one that we are confident we can um, begin to move toward. All right, and then we're going to hear more about that at the beginning, the beginning of next year? So late, later this year, we'll be coming with concrete requests and asks of um, different key stakeholders and, in the community and also other members as well. So we'll be coming with concrete um, and specific requests. All right. That's all the time I got. Thanks, everybody, for listening.